Edmonton Journal's Politics Podcast, the Stampede Wrestling Edition. I'm health reporter Keith Jerine, filling in as host this week for my colleague Sarah O'Donnell. It is Friday, July 7th in our newsroom studio, and we have lots of hooting and hollering to do about the latest buckaroo to ride into the Alberta <laughs> political scene. This is what happens when you have a guy from Calgary host uh, yeah, the podcast. Uh, sorry, I can't help it. It's stampede time. And yes, after weeks of speculation and rumor, Jason Kenney returned home to Calgary Wednesday, just in time for that stampede to announce his plans to throw his big 10-gallon hat into the rodeo and run for leadership of the Alberta Progressive Conservatives. Joining me with their takes on this political chuck wagon race are political affairs columnist Graham Thompson. Hello. City columnist Paula Simons. Well, howdy there, Keith. (laughs) (laughs) And last but definitely not least, legislature reporter Emma Graney. G'day, how's it going? Uh, Is that that the Australian stampede? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, Yeah, g'day. That's our stampede greeting that's the melbourne stampede that's what they do there sure. that's also the formal greeting i believe it's in the formal greeting. It's a stampede <laughs> greeting it's just you drink more beer when you say it uh, it's, okay yeah. it's hard to believe but uh, i know right uh, yeah culturally it seems unlikely but there you have it <laughs> well let's get into it uh graham let's start with you because you were in the room on thursday when kenny held his first invitation only press conference with selected members of the alberta press gallery uh, take us inside that room. What was the experience like? Yeah, this was the, the second announcement. First one was Wednesday in Calgary. It was like a rally. The one in Edmonton was a news conference, and it was like a lecture. He had um, a podium set up, and he had like a slide presentation behind him. And he was explaining to the public through the media why it's a good idea to unite the right and why people are behind it. And he was showing slides and charts and graphs. Many on slides. Many slides. Uh, a, a time frame as well, um, which actually <laughs> it, it got one of the, the, the <laughs> dates wrong. He, yeah, he managed. He doesn't He doesn't believe in linear time as we know it. Oh. He decided to jump back and forward between 2018 Because one, one of the slides, it was showing the progression. Like, now there was winning leadership in 2017. Only the first slide said 2018 and then 2017. It was a typo. But, yeah, these things happen. So, anyway, it has, has an entire chronology of what he wants to do. He wants to become leader of the PCs, and then he'll begin negotiations with the Wild Rose, and then they'll have a, a vote of members of both parties to join the parties, and then there'll be a leadership race for that new, brand-new right-wing party, and then they'll take on and win the 2019 election. And when he was done this lecture, you can call it that, he went over to this big bulletin board. He had written the um, grassroots guarantee that said, we will only form a new party after all the members have a clear majority and a referendum. Uh, that's great, interesting use of that word. And then he signs it in front of the cameras, right? <laughs> As if this is a real legal binding <laughs> document. Uh, and th- so it, it did this. It was all showmanship. This is him uh, starting out. He's starting the campaign early. The leadership doesn't officially begin until October 1st. The vote's next March. He's getting in early to organize because the PCs have changed the rules. He has to get delegates at the local writing associations, constituencies. Also, he's going early is to Bigfoot the opposition, in a sense, get in early, big splashy uh, announcement, and scare off the competition. Those are the two main reasons why he's going so early. And this is all about uniting the right 
and I'll, I'll stop talking now. I have a lot more to say about it. I'll let my <laughs> colleagues get in. Well, we're, we've got pretty much this whole episode to talk about this, but uh, I, I mean, Paula, uh, Kenny's announcement itself wasn't a surprise. We kind of knew what he, he was planning, uh, but was there anything in his message that you did find surprising? Well, there were two things. I thought it was really perplexing when he had his initial kickoff event in Calgary. It took him forever to get to the point of announcing what he was there to announce. We had a whole history of Jason Kenney's, you know, political, you know, from, from political embryo to, to cabinet minister. So much focus on Ottawa and throwing as much shade on Justin Trudeau as on Rachel Notley. It was really peculiar. It was as though he couldn't let go of Ottawa. And indeed, he can't quite let go of Ottawa <laughs> because he, he made no announcement on Wednesday about his intentions about his seat. And I was really perplexed by that. And it wasn't until Thursday that he clarified that he will be resigning, but not until October. But the other thing I found really intriguing about his whole messaging is that, as Graham said, all the messaging has been about the process, about how you would not merge the parties because they're technically not merging them but how you would form this new party from the ashes of the two ones that he wants to destroy but there's been absolutely nothing about why you should want Jason Kenney to be your party leader and your premier in fact at yesterday's event he pointedly said he doesn't have a platform and he's not going to unveil any policies because those are going to come up from the grassroots yeah i mean he's jason kenny maybe he just assumes everybody loves jason <laughs> kenny already and knows what what he has to offer uh emma the pcs uh, how did they react to this yeah there hasn't been necessarily uh i would say balloons and streamers put up for this um <laughs> the odd pitchfork the odd flaming torch i mean uh, sandra jansen um obviously a pcmla she's on record saying she wouldn't stay in caucus with the pcs if he were to take power um there seems to be this feeling that he is too conservative conservative to be leader of the progressive conservatives because their whole shtick is well you know where um Socially, we're progressive, you know, but uh, fiscally, we're very conservative. And that doesn't necessarily fit the mold with Jason Kenney. He's seen as, you know, a, a way more conservative fellow, perhaps, than that. Some of them are comfortable having as leader, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I, I did catch up on that, too. So yeah. A few things. I know, um, Paul, you're dead on in terms of he has no policy and he's doing that deliberately. He's saying, because too often in the past, I'm giving his explanation here. It's been sort of very top-down, like they're dictating, if I become leader, we'll be doing this, as opposed to letting the grassroots. So this is him trying to appeal to the grassroots, saying, I'm one of you, I'm like sort of a Preston Manning of the old, where I'll listen to the grassroots, and we'll build a party together. But of course, he's asking them to unite to form a new party without really knowing what that party is. And that's another, another issue. And Emma's right, he is seen as being too socially conservative. He bristles at that description. But to me, it's accurate looking at, at his history. Well, and, and the one thing, I mean, you know, he talked, okay, he talked about eliminating the carbon tax. Well, that's, that's boilerplate what you'd expect. But the one point he's come back to at both the conference press events in Calgary and Edmonton is to talk about curriculum reform here, which, uh, you know, we don't even know what the curriculum reform is going to be. And he's already decided that it's radical. He's calling it this radical curriculum reform that's ideological. And he keeps talking about parental rights. Well, you know, that's dog whistle language for opposition to queer rights, to LBGQT rights. And when I pointed that out on Twitter, people were like, no, no, no. I mean, how can you say that? He didn't say anything about LBGQT rights. 
well, that's how dog whistle language works. You don't have to say it. As soon as you invoke the phrase parental rights in Alberta, you kick right back to Ted Morton and the Bill 44 debate. I mean, it's coded language. It's not very cleverly coded language, but I thought it was really interesting at a time when he has to convince progressive conservatives that he's a legitimate candidate to lead their party, uh, that he's publicly come out with that kind of, of comment suggests that he's not shying away from his uh, socially conservative roots. Uh, sorry, I'm just going to jump in yeah, again. Yeah, go ahead. This. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, he will be called out on this during the leadership race. I'm assuming it's going to be a race. That officials are hoping it's going to be half a dozen people. He'll be called out during debates to explain this, to explain his history, and they'll be attacking him on, on these very points. So I think that he just can't keep running from it. Uh, having said that, going back to another point uh, we're talking about, He's, he's appealing as well to the federal conservatives. You talked about why is he mentioning the, the federal liberals. It's because angry conservatives see Justin Trudeau, Rachel Notley as one sort of uh, monster. Uh, Liberal identity. monster, yeah. yeah. Two, a two-headed beast. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's attacking them both. He's saying, look, and it may not make sense in a logical um, way, but he's appealing to the emotions. If you're angry, uh, you're angry at Justin Trudeau, so am I. You're angry at... Uh, Rachel Notley, well, it's time for us to fight back. This, this is driving. This is it's people who want power, and they're really still so frustrated at the fact the NDP won the election. Gobsmacked, actually. There yeah, we go. Gob you're after gobsmacked. The fact. They still can't <laughs> believe it. And yeah. I think that um, also the thing is, Kenny is uh, the reason he did that, the, the, bi the biography of his uh, history, is because he's trying to say, look, I helped unite the federal conservatives way back in the day. I can do it here. I'm, I'm your guy. And so I think that he's appealing to this frustration from right-wingers, the frustration of the NDP winning, the frustration that the liberals won federally, and he's hoping to make that into a movement. Right. Well, what do you think of that approach? Because, you know, it's not typically a winning strategy to go to a party and say, hey, I'm going to run for you, for your leadership, but if I win, I'm going to end the party, right? That doesn't typically go very well. So what do you think of this approach where he's so upfront about uh, what his intentions are is that is that going to work for him? Well, he's I mean he said right. Well, at least I'm at least I'm being upfront. You know, I'm not like doing these these backroom deals that have happened before. So like you know, somebody look at me. else we could match, <laughs> but we won't name. <laughs> you know, so I, I guess that's his argument. At least I'm being upfront, and you know, this really has to happen. He's certainly not hiding what his intentions are, and I guess he's drawing it attention to the fact he's not hiding his motives at all. <laughs> but it, it just demonstrates what a corpse the Progressive Conservative Party has become. I mean, because the people I think of as the Progressive Conservative establishment in Edmonton are all out of power. I mean, you can evoke the names of people like Dave Hancock and Heather Klimchuk and Thomas Lukaszek and Gene Swazdeski, but they're not the boss of anybody anymore. And so... It, it's a measure of how defeated and deflated the party is that he can come in and assume that he can just pick over the bones and none of the brain trust of the progressive conservative party is going to kick back against him. I'm not sure that's going to work. And then, of course, there's the whole other question of the second party he intends to blow up. Yeah, well, well let's, let's ask about that because, you know, poor Brian Jean. I mean, this was supposed to be his summer tour, right? He was going to go around the province and talk to Albertans. Has and he, there been a podcast yet? 
in which we haven't said poor Brian Jean. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. It's it's been. <laughs> I don't think there has uh, since it, I arrived. It's been quite a lot. He's mm. he's had a rough couple of he months. He really has. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, if you're Brian Jean, what are you thinking right now? Uh, what uh, what's the Wild Rose thinking about about this Jason Kenny move? Yeah, they've been in a sense relatively quiet about it. They're, they're trying to downplay it. Um, they're saying let's let the PC process you know follow through. That was in a statement from Brian Jean on Wednesday. On thir- uh, Wednesday night, he had a scrum at the Stampede where he was saying, fine, now let's talk if, you know, if there's a way for us to work together. But I think they're kind of caught right now. Like I think that there'll be a lot of their supporters thinking, yeah, let's unite and let's destroy the NDP. And I think what's happening here, I think Brian Jean may know his days are numbered here, but I think there's a lot of Wild Rosers who maybe are quite... Um, enthralled with this idea of Jason Kenny leading them, because Kenny is, in a sense, he's a federal conservator, a conservative. But he's also has a lot of ties to the Wild Rose over the years, and I think that they see the Wild Rose would see him as one of them. And uh, another thing is that Jason Kenny is articulate. He's a lot better uh, at the podium than Brian Jean, and I think he's he's better known. And I think that there's a danger here, and Brian Jean knows that that uh, his days. If this thing goes through, I think then that's it. The clock starts ticking right. against Brian Jean. And, and the other question is, who are who are the PCs? Because anybody can buy a PC membership. And lots of Wild Rosers, I think, are going to line up to buy PC memberships in order to re-infiltrate the party and elect Jason Kenney. I mean, I thought it was really telling that at his event in Calgary, where there were precious few MLAs, lots and lots of Tory MPs, uh, I didn't see any. Were there, were there any Tory oh, Tory, MLAs? Tor- no, <laughs> well, there's so few of them, they would stand out. But uh, but you no. know who was there? I'll tell you who was there. Heather Forsyth, oh, um, yes, who Forsyth. was a cabinet minister under Ralph Klein, who was demoted by Stelmack, who crossed the floor to join the Wild Rose, who stayed with the Wild Rose when Danielle Smith and everybody went back to the Tories. Heather was a true blue Wild Roser. Well, she was there Wednesday announcing that she was buying a PC membership again to vote for Jason Kenney. And I just thought, wow, this woman has crossed more floors than you see in a Pinocchio <laughs> Square dance, as, oh, as our Sarah yeah. Nice. Nice and, uh, <laughs> you know, you know Brian Jean, who's led his party quite well and with lots of dignity through, you know, showed great leadership during the fire. And this was supposed to be his summer to go around and capitalize on the goodwill of the last few months. And instead, he's been kneecapped by his former uh, federal caucus colleague. I mean, treachery and bad manners. It's stampede wrestling time. <laughs> it is. I've, I've heard the expression uh, fold like a cheap shirt. And there's a lot of people saying that that's exactly what they expect Brian Jean to do if Jason Kenney gets chosen as leader of the PCs. All right. Bottom line, then. You've described the process. You've described the challenge that Jason Kenney faces. Can he actually pull it off? Or to use a, another stampede metaphor, is this a bull that he just can't ride? <laughs> you know, can I let you know in about eight months from now? <laughs> See, the thing is, um, he knows it's an uphill fight in some areas, like we're talking about with the progressives. Like Sandra Jansen, this MLA from Calgary, has said she would never serve in a, in a caucus or led by Jason Kenney. So you've got progressives coming out and we'll see if they get themselves organized this summer because right now Jason Kenney's the only candidate like the race doesn't start until October people like Sandra Jansen are going to watch and see who else maybe gets into the race uh, there are some other names out there but can, can Kenny do this 
Yeah, he has a shot at this, absolutely. And you got the, the NDP you can tell is getting a bit worried about this as well because the NDP would love to see a shattered right wing next time around, disorganized PCs, disorganized wild rows, helps the NDP out. But it's not just a case here where you can add up all the PC votes from the last election and the wild rose votes, which give you 52%, and all of a sudden you win every election because people who are voting for the uh, PCs last time wouldn't necessarily vote for the wild rose. And this new party is one way of trying to make it sort of neutral territory a lot depends on what that party stands for, who leads that party, and you're going to see a lot of people uh, take on, I think, Jason Kenney over the summer, not just um, his potential competitors in the race, but also the NDP. There's also, you know, it must be said in Alberta, there's this, you know, the, the divide right-left, but there's also the divide north-south. Jason Kenney is a Calgary guy. He's Calgary to the marrow of his bones. And I don't think that there's much appetite in the Edmonton PC universe for the kind of leadership that Jason Kenney represents, not just ideologically, because it's, but because it's about restoring the power base in Calgary. I think also they've got to convince the supporters. I think you're right, Paula, there could be some sort of coalition behind one progressive. They've got to convince the party members that they can win as a PC brand next election. So it's not just about you know defeating uh, Kenney got to convince the members that we can actually go ahead to the next election and win it on our own own brand and you're gonna have Kenny saying no you know that that's a pipe dream that's gone it's interesting to watch the conservatives how panicked they've gotten the last year that that Alberta can't wait that title says it all and I think that uh, maybe they're, they're rushing this but the thing is I keep saying this to people if nothing else it's making Alberta politics even more interesting. Hard to believe. Oh, I know. Our, our, yeah. our, our jobs are endless fun. But I also think, <laughs> in the short term at least, it's a gift to the Notley government because they're going to be so busy uh, with their internecine, you know, battlings amongst themselves and this kind of family feud on the on the right that who's going to be minding the store in opposition? I think Notley, uh, you know, in the long term, as Graham says, this could not work out so well for them if a party unites strongly behind Kenny. But in the interim, I I think it's not bad news for the next sitting of the legislature. Well, yeah, Emma, I mean, what what has been the premier's reaction to this? What what has she said? Does she care? Is she is she getting in? Is she staying out? What's 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 going on? Yeah, I've asked her about this twice, actually. So both times have been pretty much the same response. Well, you know, as premier, I'm just going to focus on running Alberta and doing what we promised we were going to do when Albertans voted us in. So I'm not even going to. What was the word she used? Um personality navel gazing wasn't going to be something that she was going to be involved in and I said to her why why are you weighing why are you refusing to weigh in and she said it's not about refusing to weigh in it's just that I'm not going to focus on this like how is this going to help with the election obviously they can they can go do what they want but that, that's not where my focus should be uh, Sarah Hoffman I asked her about it uh, and she honestly looked a little bit gleeful this was just after Kenny had done <laughs> his uh, his big announcement right. and her words were I think he's somebody who could lead the PCs into the 20th century it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a pretty good line actually it's a pretty good line it, yeah, yeah mm. um, and I, I'm sure that she'd been just happy when she thought of that line and she looked oh. <laughs> Kind of wanted to clap her hands a little. Um, <laughs> but she kind of said, you know what? They can do what they want and uh, he has every right to do it. But I, I don't know how much. Graham, you said it's worrying the NDP. I haven't got I, Oh, it is. It's a worrying vibe. them. I think that Notley, 
the premier is, I think, is, is smart not to get involved politically by talking about it. Then, then she looks like she's scared, and it gives yeah, uh, yeah. Kenny all of a sudden credibility. But they are putting up, uh, they are voluntarily putting up Hoffman, you know, to talk to us about this. This is them, and, sh and sh she, she's the, the the attack dog, if you can call it that. Like she's the person, the enforcer, to come out and sl and slap Kenny around. Um, but I think that they are worried. The idea of Sarah Hoffman is an attack dog. <laughs> well, it's the kinder, gentler attack dog. Well, no, I, well, no, I mean, no, Sarah, no, Hoffman can be a tough politician, um, but yeah, I mean, which she's, is why she's, she's she's not a Ron Leipert. I think that she is the one. Okay, the enforcer. Um, she, she's the one to get the elbows up and uh, take a few, um, you know, jabs. Which she at. certainly did. The thing is, they are worried. I think that they're worried, not knowing where this is going to lead. It's a big unknown. They were very happy to watch the Wild Rose kind of muddle around in the PCs, you know, go, go down the toilet, basically. Happy to see that in 2019. If the conservatives get their act together, even if, you, even if they, in a sense, sh shunt aside the progressives um, in the party, you could still see this being a, 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 a bigger foe facing Notley than what they've got right now. Okay, well, let's fast forward eight months and let's assume, uh, maybe not assume, imagine, let's imagine that Jason Kenney does uh, pull this off and he does yeah, become I, leader of the PCs. I, I, don't, yeah, I wouldn't assume that. There's, yeah, a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of ground to cover in the 37-point yes. plan. Yes, yeah. So we'll imagine that he is PC leader. Um, there's a, a couple of interesting things that, that happen there. Graham, um, you've done some work on this. Can you clarify for us, uh, leaving politics out of it for the moment, is a legal merger of these two parties even possible? What has to happen for the, for what Kenny wants? Yeah, he is talking about a brand new party. You just can't merge parties. You can at the federal level. You can at the Alberta level. I've talked to Glenn Ressler, who's the uh, chief electoral officer at Elections Alberta, about this several times. The, the big issue, you cannot transfer assets from one party to another. So you can't merge the PCs and the Wild Rose and take their money and put it together. You can't do it. the assets. I asked him, can they even transfer membership lists and donation list and he says he's not even sure about that if it's an asset you can't transfer assets um so so if they can't combine assets and if you're a right winger who wants the two to combine why would you contribute money to the pcs or the wild rose for the next six or eight months without knowing where it's going to end exactly. up exactly mm -hmm. um because first of all do you really want to support the pcs if they're fighting um jason kenny and do you want to give money to a an entity that might actually then have to get the money. What happens with the money is given to Elections Alberta. They hold it for a year, and it's given to the general revenue. It goes to the, the NDP government. Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, Awkward. <laughs> so if, if you're giving money today to the PCs and the Wild Rose, it may end up in the hands of Rachel Notley in a year and a That's half. That's a message the NDP might want to get out right now. <laughs> yeah, go donate to the PCs. That's fine. So the merger has to be a new party. And I was talking yesterday again. I talked to... Um, Jason Kenney later on in the day because he was saying earlier you know we'll have some legal advice on this the law is silent on this kind of merger and he said later on he said okay fine fine you know if we can't merge the money fine we'll just go ahead and do it anyway into a brand new party uh, and so I think this is uh, the way they're going to go is, is a brand new party but the issue is going to be would the PCs after you know 40 they're 44 years in power this very proud brand will they be willing to give it all up and go under a brand new brand and one thing quickly i wrote about the alberta party um, a few weeks ago having an emergency meeting yeah. to avoid a takeover this gives it more credibility because you can imagine if this thing was to go ahead um they would love to have got the alberta 
Party brand. And quickly what happened, the Alberta Party had heard that they may be ripe for a takeover, a hostile takeover by some of the Conservatives who want the Alberta Party brand. It's a very small party. And they actually had a convention, an earlier convention, to change the Constitution to make it very difficult to take over the party. Because this rumor about a takeover, a hostile takeover of the Alberta Party was coming from the Alberta can't wait people who are behind Jason Kenney. Right. Yeah, so they just they just wanted the asset of the name. The yeah, name. yeah, like but it's a Saskatchewan party. Yeah, but exactly. you know, but it, but it begs a really interesting question about what is the future of the Alberta Party under the leadership of Greg Clark? I mean, if Kenney can secure the leadership of the PCs, and that's still to my mind a big if, but if he does, there's going to be an exodus of traditional PC members from that party, uh, people who will not serve in a Jason Kenney uh, universe, and where are they going to go? Are they going to form a new center party? You know, a combination of the Alberta Party, the the poor Liberal Party, poor David Swan, shall we say, um, and and leftover progressive PCs, which is what the Alberta Party was sort of supposed to be and never quite became, or. Do those people and their voters just say, look, we're going to have a two-party system in Alberta, uh, a right party, whatever it's called, and the NDP? Uh, why not then just stay voting NDP? I'm not even certain that if Kenny pulls this all off, what happens in the center is what's going to be really, really interesting. Because I just can't see a lot of people who have been the PC brain trust and who have been writing the checks for the PC party are not going to sit in a Jason Kenney universe. Yeah, no, that's a, certainly a big question is yeah. what happens no, to I, the I progressives. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you can see, there is a, a ton of uh, topics uh, that and ton of questions that result from this uh, announcement by Jason Kenney. And uh, we will save some of that for future episodes. It's time to wrap up, uh, but of course we have our good stuff from the gallery, our final feature, uh, where we uh, let people know something to watch, read, or listen to that uh, that we've enjoyed. Uh, Graham, uh, what have you got for us this you week? You know, it's just an unusual one, I, I gotta admit. I, for my birthday this year, I got, I was asking for no presents at all, and I got a gift, the library card. Oh, oh yay! I have not been a member <laughs> of the library here for 20 wow. or more years. <laughs> and you know, I thought, okay, fine. Cause the thing is, I spend so much money on books and bookstores. I go there and buy a book and go, eh, it's not so great. Went to the library and it was great. Cause I, did, I know it sounds stupid. I just joined yes, the library Graham, It's a library that's been around for a long time. I'm just saying, if you haven't got a library card, get a library card and just go down to the library and the books... <laughs> And I, be, I, I went, then I got wait, half a wait, dozen wait. books. Wait, so just so I understand, your good stuff from the gallery is your your library card. That, it's that, to get that. a library card. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the entire holding to the Edmonton exactly. Library. Exactly. Oh, okay. You can't right. beat that. It's, it's everything you've ever written, I believe. Um, but, you know, I haven't been to the library in a long time, I'm embarrassed to say. And I think you should support the library. It's a great thing. And also, like, that there's audio books there. There's movies. There's you TV can learn shows. a language. Okay. They have I have not been to a library yes. in decades. <laughs> and it was an eye, actually an eye-opener. <laughs> and it took me back to the old university days. So my good thing from the, the gallery is to support the library. Go down there, get a card, and then look around. I love that this is like a whole new world for you. Right? <laughs> you know, as we discovering a world that Amazing. I okay, we I we know. reserve the right to mock you for that uh, in the future. Don't uh, mock the library. <laughs> no, just you. <laughs> uh, all right, Emma, what about you? Okay, so you guys may or may not know there has been an election in Australia, yeah. federal election, fun. So that was on Saturday. Um, 
I guess Friday, uh, Canadian time, and they still haven't got a winner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was so reading some of that. a week. <laughs> yeah, well, what was really funny too is that after the election kind of wrapped up, uh, the Australian Electoral Commission went, you know what, we're just going to not count votes for a couple of days, guys. We're just going to you know, lay back, have a beer, you know, it's fine. Uh, they didn't say that, I'm paraphrasing, but basically they didn't count votes for two days. So I have been watching and just consuming ABC News Australia, and I'm just checking what we're at now. So seven minutes ago... 79.2% of votes counted. Okay, so the Liberal National Party Coalition is up to 73 seats. They need 76 to win. The Labor Party has up to 66 seats now. 69 mm, pretty one, But right. they've, they've got some great analysis on there. I've, I couldn't even name a single article because I think I've read every single thing. But there was something like, um, we hadn't, what just happened? And it, it is a fantastic wrap-up of Australian politics, if anyone is a giant nerd like me and is at all interested. It's a great primer. Okay, so the ABC uh, webpage, their coverage of the oh, Australian election. Okay, yeah. all right. Uh, my good stuff, um, you know, unfortunately, Jason Kenney's announcement kind of overshadowed some other things uh, this week, uh, one of which was a government report on primary care networks, uh, which was actually quite fascinating. Normally, government reports, not so interesting, uh, but this is a one issued by the Notley government uh, that kind of crapped all over the previous government, and so it's actually quite interesting. Uh, Paula, what about you? I just want to say my favorite part of Keith's story on this was the part where the doctors took money that was supposed to be used to hire nutritionists and dietitians and massage therapists <laughs> and used it instead to buy booze for parties and their meetings which <laughs> must have been really productive <laughs> so. well i'm gonna circle back uh to where we started uh with jason kenny because colby kosh our colleague at the national post has a very funny and very insightful column about uh, jason kenny blowing up the pcs in which uh uh, Colby points out that sort of this nostalgia for the progressive conservative brand uh, indicates a kind of amnesia on the part of Albertans who just rejected the brand. And, and, you know, he has a line in there about how every time the conservatives say that they were socially progressive and fiscally conservative, they ought to be struck by lightning because they were neither. Um, it's a very tart and trenchant Colby Kosh piece, and I highly recommend it. All right. Well, we'll get people to check that out. Well, that's, uh, that's it for the, uh, the Stampede Wrestling edition of the Press Gallery. Uh, thanks to uh, journal videographer Ian Kucerich, uh, who's been recording a, an excerpt of today's discussion. And thanks to uh, Graham, Paul, and Emma for joining me here today. You can find this episode and an archive of our past editions on the website at edmontonjournal.com opinion. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, and via TuneIn Radio. Just subscribe and a fresh edition of the Precious Gallery will be delivered to you each week just as soon as we have it ready. I'm Keith Dryan filling in for Sarah O'Donnell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time in the Press Gallery.